June 7, 2020. This is the All-American Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Seawright. So now we see the leftist extremist groups have taken off the gloves and are not just destroying people's businesses, property, and livelihoods by burning businesses to the ground. They are also going after people physically to injure, to maim, and even to murder. The big money globalists from Hollywood actors and transnational corporations to globalist foundations and politicians. They're funding a great deal of this chaos and violence and are legally and financially protecting those who have brought destruction to many of our cities and sadly to many black owned businesses and what is really an attempt at a revolution to eliminate our constitutional republic and turn it into a vassal state on the great globalist plantation. It boggles the mind that those destroying black businesses are being set free with prosecutors in many jurisdictions refusing to charge them with any crimes. And many politicians have been cheerleaders for the destruction and are arbitrarily applying executive orders regarding your First Amendment right to peaceably, and there is emphasis on the word peaceably, assemble. Think about the fact that they have actually banned people from going calmly and peaceably to church, even threatening to arrest them for doing so, while at the same time they encourage thousands of people to block freeways and run rampant through our cities, tearing everything in their path to the ground. This, of course, shows a complete lack of respect for our country, for our Constitution, and for the concept of the rule of law. Now, of course, the rule of law means denying the government the ability to exercise arbitrary power and unequal application of the law, and that is something that is lost on blue state governors. They've either not grasped the concept or they simply have ignored it. Since they have ordered churches, for example, to close, yet they've allowed liquor stores to stay open. But back to the violence. And let's be straight here. The fact that we have politicians encouraging violence and lying about it says to me that this is yet another stage of the coup d'etat attempt. We are in the early stages of an all-out revolution being brought to you by those globalists. They are funding, arming, and supplying, and training extreme leftist groups in the same way the Obama administration and other globalists in Europe funded the Maidan Square Revolution in Ukraine in 2014. These people you see are pursuing their Maidan moment in Washington, D.C. in 2020, and they are using an ugly brew of extremist groups to carry out their orders. Of course, we know groups like Antifa have been doing this for years now, with their operations being completely covered up by the mainstream media. So-called progressive politicians have also covered up for them and actually encouraged them by claiming their tactics either aren't violent, strangely classifying them as peaceful, or calling them necessary to fight oppression. So which one is it? This is dangerous talk, of course, and dangerous behavior, particularly considering that the statistics on crime and police behavior do not in any way support what these crazy people are saying. How many know 
that 90% of all black Americans are murdered by other black Americans. How many know that black police officers are just as likely to shoot black citizens as white police officers are? And how many know that whites and blacks are just as likely as one another to be shot by the police? And some studies have even said that whites are more likely to be shot by the police. You can look at the 2016 Harvard University study, for example, that looked at the 10 largest metropolitan areas of the country over a five-year period of time that found that there is no difference between black and white, and in fact, whites are a little bit more likely to be shot by the police. These facts, again, are lost on leftists because they have a bigger agenda, and they are pushing the narrative that suits them. It's a narrative that says we live in a time equivalent to the 1950s, when violent and oppressive Southerners perpetrated endless crimes against Black America. Now, of course, they've modified this by claiming we've reverted to the 50s violence, but instead of it being solely against Black Americans, there's violence and oppression against a never-ending stream of victims, whether it's trans or gay, women, immigrants, Muslims, and on and on, ad infinitum. If anyone in our modern times believes that discrimination in America today is equal to what we had in the 1950s, then they seriously need their heads examined. This is beyond idiotic and completely unsupported by any facts or evidence. But these things are being said and taught to the youth to manipulate them into supporting this revolution. It's being done to manipulate the minds of the simpleton and to generate sympathy for their cause of the global restructuring of society. Think about this. You actually have millennials and Gen Z sitting on their cell phones at Starbucks, sipping on $5 coffees while tweeting about how oppressed they are. Then they go out at night and start burning people's businesses to the ground, and the mayors refuse to arrest them. Now look, racism is, of course, very real, and police brutality is very real. And Black Americans, while being less likely to be shot by the police, are, in fact, more likely to be harassed by the police. There is no question about this. It was proven in the very same Harvard University study and multiple other studies. And this is something that honest people have acknowledged for decades but we have to be honest about all of the facts and not manipulate them, blow them out of proportion, or use them for any ill purpose that undermines our civilization. Again, clearly, there is a bigger agenda than just eliminating discrimination. If this was all about discrimination, would you say that the violence, looting, arson, robbery, assault and battery, and murder were the solutions to the problem? Is rioting and burning down inner cities the way to secure victory? Absolutely not. This behavior only leads to more violence and more economic and social strife for the very people these clowns claim to be helping. It's going to make things worse, and indeed it already has. We've nearly gone off a cliff, and unless the brakes are put on fast, we are going over that cliff. The problem, of course, is that we have much of academia and the media, the so-called media, 
you know, that group of propagandists and agitators supporting abject lies in support of the takedown of America and the establishment of their beloved New World Order. These people pushing this agenda are such amazing liars. Isn't it incredible how brazenly they can straight up lie to your face? They have no integrity, no dignity, no honor, and despise the truth. And it's quite telling that they are willing to excuse and commit acts of physical violence to others in pursuit of their dystopian fantasy. These people are such frauds. They've even gone on record to say that Antifa can't be fascist because the name Antifa stands for anti-fascist. Now, is this a clown show or what? Do people really think that's a valid statement? Now, if you haven't yet seen the undercover Project Veritas video of the Antifa Fight Club, you need to watch it. They are training for direct physical confrontation and violence. And before anyone laughs at the sight of these limp-wristed soy boys training and grabbing each other in the sack, just know that some of them are physically strong. A few, but, you know, there's some that are strong. And more importantly, they are getting trained, which accounts for a mindset that prepares you to do violence. And this can't be understated. Also, almost anyone can get dropped when taking a sucker punch by surprise. Remember, this is the group that swings bike locks at people's heads in the name of creating a peaceful and just society. You can't count on out-muscling anyone if you get smacked from behind with a bike lock and never knew it was coming. So what I have to say about this, in addition to being vigilant, is that you have to have your mind prepared to take immediate action, and you'd better get ready to defend yourselves and your property and your loved ones. It does not appear that this is close to being over, and I expect these groups to increase their attacks throughout the summer, through the election, and beyond. You can't wait until chaos shows up on your block to get prepared. You still have time, so if you haven't started preparing, well, what in the world are you waiting for? The best way to be prepared is by heightening your awareness and keeping your head on a swivel. This means constantly scanning your surroundings when out in hot spots, observing the behavior of others, and of course not blasting loud music everywhere you go, whether it's in your car or in your earbuds while you're walking. It also means not being publicly intoxicated because you are going to need your senses to be sharp and not dull. You'll need to also ensure you're carrying the right gear. Now for recommendations on your everyday carry, I urge you to go to allamericanmag.com, allamericanmag.com, and click on the All American blog. We've posted an article there called Everyday Carry in a Time of Civil Unrest, which lays out a streamlined and effective EDC strategy. Now, of course, everyone wants to be all tactical and everything, but being bogged down with a bunch of stuff you're not going to need or use serves no purpose at all. So please take a look at our recommendations and let us know what you think. We'd like to hear your recommendations as well. Another important thing, if you are not in some sort of prepper or community group that looks out for and protects its members, it is definitely time to seek one out. 
We've heard from multiple sources now that Antifa is, and indeed already has, headed out beyond major downtown areas to carry out acts of violence against small towns and suburban areas. Now, fortunately, in many places, they have been confronted and kicked out on their behinds by groups of AR-15-wielding citizens. It's happened in California, it's happened in Idaho, and even some places in New York. But you have to take this threat seriously. There are even reports now saying that Antifa is targeting the small town of Sparta, Illinois, intent on burning down farmhouses and barns. This, if true, is terrorism plain and simple. But regardless as to whether the government classifies it this way, you have an absolute right to defend yourself. Whatever group you join, or however you organize your community watch group or team, it needs to be focused on a few key things to defend against extremist aggression. And the first one of these is surveillance and reconnaissance. You need eyes open at all times to monitor what's going on in your community. Do you see people you've never seen before casing your neighborhood? Do you see strange cars or people dressed or behaving oddly? Do you hear things at night that you're not used to hearing? Are you aware of where large crowds are gathering or where disturbances are occurring? Monitoring news reports and scanner feeds is a great way to keep abreast of what's happening in your area. Now, the second thing, of course, is communication. You're going to need a network and a method of sharing information with your group to keep everyone informed and to ensure everyone and their health condition is accounted for. You'll need everyone's phone number or a call sign and a frequency if you're using radio transmissions. Third, you need weapons. This, of course, speaks for itself. You'll be able to effectively defend yourselves against inbound aggression until support can arrive if you have weapons. And, of course, know how to use them. Fourth, you need a plan. What is your plan and how do you react if your family, your home, your property, your neighbors, or your group members come under attack? What's the plan? What's the contingency plan? If you haven't listened to episode eight of this podcast, I recommend you do so soon. It gets into greater detail about some of the things I'm discussing now. But fifth and finally, if you haven't trained in any self-defense form, whether related to martial arts or firearms, there's no time like the present to get going on this. There are a multitude of training courses out there for you on gun ranges across the country. And these courses are essential. As far as martial arts go, I personally recommend that you have a mixture of Muay Thai and, or Karate with Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling. Muay Thai and Karate help you to fight when standing while wrestling and Jiu-Jitsu teach you how to fight if you're dropped to the ground. You just need to find a good instructor and in a few short weeks, before the summer is even out, You'll have developed skills that, uh, that the average person won't be able to defend against, and you'll be able to defend yourself with a great deal of confidence. Another thing you'll want to do is study up on how you should react if caught in the middle of a revolution or insurgency. So again, if you go to our website, allamericanmag.com, and click on the X-Files, 
you'll find a document there called Survival Guide for Citizens in a Revolution. It's worth spending your time on and sharing with your group. I can't understate how important it is to be ready for more violence. It has been telegraphed, and it may come, and it may not, but it's better to be prepared and ready to defend yourself if it hits the fan in your neck of the woods. And with that, I'll leave you with your quote of the day, and it comes from Mahatma Gandhi. Though violence is not lawful, when it is offered in self-defense, or for the defense of the defenseless, it is an act of bravery far better than cowardly submission. Thank you, and good night.